with the postseason nearing, let's look at the one thing that separates this Indiana team from those of previous years. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. If you guys can, real quick, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us at. Give us a quick five-star rating. Helps us out a ton. We've been having record-breaking week after week, month after month. If you guys can just show us a little bit of love, help us uh, with those algorithm gods. I appreciate it greatly whenever you guys do. This Indiana team, the men's basketball team, I should uh, clarify, they haven't been winning pretty of late, but they're winning. And that is important. We didn't talk about the IU Illinois game from Saturday on Monday's episode. We dedicated that entirely to the women's basketball team as they won a share of the Big Ten Conference title. Figure we would talk about the men's team today. Start off talking about that Illinois game. And, and as I kind of teased in the beginning, the biggest difference with this IU team and teams of last year is simply that they are grinding out these wins in these games. How many times last season did we, did we get to the end of a game and the Hoosiers didn't execute, didn't come away with a win? We've talked about it a number of times. I know we've made this point a number of times, but I think this is the evolution of this team. A lot of this core was around last season, and you're seeing this team having taken steps forward. The Wisconsin game at home last year, a winnable game that got away. The Ohio State game on the road, winnable game that got away in regulation, and that overtime score doesn't really indicate how close the game was. The Rutgers game at home, a must-win game. The Hoosiers could not come away with the victory. So there were a number of times. I mean, from February to 5th to the 21st, they lost every game. And it felt like, aside from the Illinois game at home, they were in every one of those games. They just didn't make the plays that they needed to. The Michigan State game uh, on the road last year, a little bit of foreshadowing, was one that, it's 76 to 61, but it was a game that was a lot closer, uh, especially into the second half. And then Indiana just completely let go of the rope on that one. And that got away from them as well late in the contest. So you look back to just last year. I don't even have to look back to previous years under Archie Miller. I try to block all those out, but you don't even have to look back that far. This IU team was not one that could close games. They would get close and they would fall short. So I thought Saturday was a, another good example of how much this team has grown. You look at the Rutgers game, the Michigan game, and now this Illinois game, three games that Indiana has won by a combined 10 points. How many times have we even been able to say that about an IU team, that they're able to kind of grind out these close wins I mean, even add the Purdue game in there. The last four wins have come by 15 points. This is a team that is far more comfortable now performing late in games, especially on the defensive end. There's still, at times, some issues on the offensive end. 
defensively, when this team has to lock up, they are really, really damn good at it. You saw it for the last four or five minutes of that Michigan game. Uh, you saw it against Illinois when they had to get some defensive stops. They added them up at the end of the game and gave themselves a chance on the other end. So winning ugly is, is fine. These all don't have to be pretty wins. This win streak kind of started with a lot of pretty wins of just blowing out Wisconsin, blowing out Illinois on the road, Michigan State, Ohio State, all these wins that they were just routing teams by double digits was fun, but it's also fine to, to kind of grind out these ugly wins too. Because look, when it comes tournament time, the deeper you get into the tournament, the more you're going to have to try to grind out those ugly wins. So figuring out how to do that in some sense now could be something that pays off for them in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament here in a couple of weeks or in a, in a month or so. It's not a bad thing to win ugly right now. If you're winning, that's what's important. And the Hoosiers are picking up wins. They stay right now in third place in the Big Ten by themselves, Northwestern and Purdue above them, and a whole host of teams below them uh, in that bit of a mess. So it's not a bad thing. The other big takeaway I had, Jalen Huchifino, his mental toughness. Uh, he had another poor game, honestly, on Saturday. Did not shoot the ball well. Was 4-14 from inside the arc, uh, one of three from outside of it. So five of 17 in total. He takes a lot of shots that the guards in general do this that are just ill-advised. I use guards really love kind of mid-range pull-ups, which aren't efficient shots and especially aren't efficient shots when you take them inside of 10 seconds in the shot clock. If you make them, you can kind of, eh, whatever, we made the shot, it's fine. But if you miss them, they become really bad shots because, I mean, realistically, Trace Jackson Davis needs to touch the ball pretty much every possession, but needs to be more heavily involved in a possession. You can get a mid-range pull-up at most points of the game. I think Jalen at times settles for that, and it's not always the best shot, but Come late in games, he I'm not sure there's another guard uh, in the Big Ten that I would want because he he can make those big plays. He's done it a number of times, made the big play against Illinois. He made a great defensive play on the other end that was just wrongly ruled a foul. Like he blocked the shot on the other end against Illinois. They called it a foul. You look at the Purdue game, he he had a pair of buckets at the end of the game making the big plays there. There's He's still a freshman. He still does some freshman things. But ultimately, um, he, he continues to make these big plays. And that's another thing that's going to matter late in games as we get into tournament time is that you have someone like him that you can trust with the ball down the stretch. It doesn't have to be solely Trace Jackson Davis. How many times last season did we get frustrated by the fact that Trace would make the right play, which was to defer to an open teammate, and that teammate just couldn't make the, the shot or make the play. Now you don't even have to go to Trace late in games because Jay, they're putting – I mean, if you look, they routinely run a high ball screen with Jalen and Trace 
And Jalen, more often than not, is taking the shot. So he's comfortable in those moments. He's not deterred by a poor shooting night. He he, which I think speaks to his overall mental toughness, though. Um, the fact that he went into those final minutes having a really bad shooting night again didn't really impact the fact that he made a couple of big plays on both ends of the court. So those are all things that are going to matter come tournament time. This is a tournament team, and that is going to matter come tournament time that they're able to kind of grind out these wins with that mental toughness just as long as they get deep enough into the tournament, knock on wood, I don't, I re, man, being upset would be awful. But uh, as long as they get deep into the tournament, that's going to matter against a lot of these uh, bigger teams. Let's look ahead to tonight's game, IU versus Michigan State. Get you everything you need to know about that contest. Before we do that, let's talk about Built Bar. You guys have heard me rave about them repeatedly. If you're looking to stay uh, true to your New Year's resolutions by getting healthier. Built Bar is the bar for you because the healthy is actually tasty with them. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, which is the best part about them. There's no catch there. It is real, 100% real chocolate, yet it's still only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. The biggest thing, while... You can still get them on built or built.com and still find all the flavors you want. Nobody, not everybody likes to wait on their order, especially when it's food. You want it now. You can head to Walmart. You can head to Sam's Club. You can find built bars there right now. So next time you are at Walmart picking up some groceries or whatever it may be, you can try or you can find built bars and try them today. Head over there, get your cookies and cream, your double chocolate, your coconut puffs, brownie batter churro, whatever it may be. Head on over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club today, and you can thank me later. Let's look at uh, what the uh, Hoosiers are uh, going up against in Michigan State on tonight. Sorry, I, I was just looking at uh, trying to pull up the right tab here. The Spartans come into this game with a 16-10 and 10 record. It's going to be a late tip-off tonight, 9 p.m. Get your coffee. I, I hate 9 p.m. local tip-offs. We'll be doing a live show afterwards, and we'll be going until midnight or later, depending on how this game plays out. Uh, but 9 p.m. tip-off in the Breslin Center on ESPN. I mentioned the game between Michigan State and IU earlier. Uh, it was a Trace Jackson Davis special in that one as he really started to shine. Uh, was impressive as can be. 31-10-5 in that game earlier this season. 10-20 from the field. The Hoosiers won that one 82-69. Since that game, Michigan State is 3-3. Three and three. They beat Iowa. They lost to Purdue and Rutgers back-to-back. They beat Maryland at home. I don't even really know what to make of Maryland. When Maryland plays at home, they're like a top 15, top 10 team in the country. When they go on the road, they are something entirely different, which doesn't exactly bode well for them in the tournament. But nonetheless, 
then uh, Michigan State beat Ohio State. Not, I mean, Ohio State's now one of the worst teams in the conference. And then lost to Michigan over the weekend by 12. Just a quick glance at their um, Kim Palm profile. They're the tenth. Uh, they're tenth in the league in offense, but third in the league in defense. And if you just look at effective field goal percentage, they are first in the league because they defend the three point line really well. They're the best team in the league at defending the three point line. Now, nobody puts teams on the line more than Michigan State does. And nobody goes to the line less, or almost nobody. They're 13th in getting to the line, 14th in putting opponents on the line. So that could be an area the Hoosiers take advantage of. It's a Big Ten whistle, so it's kind of anybody's best. But uh, just statistically heading into this game, that's been an area they struggle uh, they're not great about turnovers either. They they both have too many offensively. They're ninth. They don't turn anyone over defensively. They're tenth. Uh, they're ninth in offensive rebound percentage. They do keep teams off the glass pretty well on the defensive end. Uh, they are third in three point percentage offensively, but they're eleventh in two point percentage. So could be a game where they get hot from three and. This IU team isn't really built to play from behind, especially if they get a big deficit. Uh, just the lack of volume and three-point shooting tends to come back to bite them. If they're trying to make big comebacks, as we've seen multiple times this year. Uh, Michigan State does shoot well at the line, so while they don't get there often, they do make them. They're third best in the conference at 76%. And then... They just don't really have a ton of size. They don't ha- uh when it comes to block percentage or 12th steal percentage and non or just live ball turnover percentage. Uh they're 11th in both of those. So that is on defense. So I used had a problem turning the ball over. This Michigan State team isn't really a team that turns the ball over or forces them to turn uh turn the ball over. So we'll see if IU can kind of take advantage of that. It it seems to be more self-inflicted wounds than anything when IU turns the ball over. So hopefully that uh, is something that they can curtail because that's going to come back to bite them in the the tournament as well. Just big picture. In general, this is a very hot and cold Michigan State team. They're 350th in the country in – a defensive turnover percentage. So there's no reason IU should have a bunch of turnovers tonight. There, <laughs> I, I say that, I mean, it's probably going to happen, but Michigan State just doesn't force them. They're also 349th in getting to the line. So this is a handsy IU team that tends to put people on the line. This That shouldn't be the case on, um, on tonight. Like, you, you don't put them at the line any extra because they're a team that will make you pay there as well. IU has lost 23 of the last 25 meetings in the Breslin center. The last two wins, you probably can remember them not just because of their scarcity, uh, but just the, <laughs> the way they happen uh, randomly in 2019, Archie won against Michigan state. 
it, when Michigan State was like one of the best teams in the country, just randomly went to the Breslin Center and won that game. Uh, it didn't matter. They still went to the NIT that year. The other one is far more memorable. 2013, 2012-2013 when IU beat Michigan State with Vic, with Cody. Um, one of the more memorable games, I think, from that season. I specifically remember watching that game when I was supposed to be studying in the library. Everybody in the in the library was watching that game. So uh, those are it. Those are the only two mean, two wins in the last 25 games at the Breslin Center. So this is a step, just a small step above Wisconsin's arena in terms of places the Hoosiers do not pick up victories at. So we'll see if they're able to Continue to break that mold tonight. Ken Palm doesn't think so. Has Michigan State favored by one with the Hoosiers having just a 44% win probability. Uh, these next two games are going to be tough. Back-to-back road trips to Michigan State and Purdue. If you go one and one, I think you take that 10 times out of 10 because 0 and 2 seems far more likely right now. FanDuel, same thing. Hoosiers are a three and a half point underdog plus 134 money line. So Vegas certainly doesn't believe this Hoosiers team is capable of breaking that curse. Fair enough. IU hasn't looked great on the road of late. The Northwestern loss, grinding out a Michigan win. But then the Maryland loss, the Minnesota win was very ugly. The last time they looked impressive, maybe the only time they looked really impressive on the road was against Illinois. Uh, or Xavier at the very beginning of the season. So I don't blame them for not favoring Indiana on the road. That's another another thing they're going to have to address is just how much they struggle on the road. But this is a second-to-last road game. Uh, Neutral site is an entirely different animal. So away from Assembly Hall has been kind of a general problem with this team. Look at the Arizona and Kansas games and the slow starts they got there. Just not looking like you want to be anywhere else, but the game is probably a good start for for this contest. Don't come out and let them jump out to a 10, 12-point lead and have the fans going crazy. That would be my recommendation. So it's a, it's a tough one, I know. Deep analysis there, but don't fall behind by a bunch right away is what I would recommend. Uh, we'll be live after that game to talk about hopefully a win but either way we'll be live to talk about that one let's look at the rankings the newest polls have come out the men's team dropped unsurprisingly the women's team though they have a first place vote let's talk about that uh and where both teams land in one of the final polls of the regular season we'll do all that here in a minute let's look at the men's poll first we'll save the best for last Indiana, not surprisingly, considering they lost to Northwestern, drops to 17th, three spots in the AP poll, uh, two spots in the coaches poll, but 17th in both ultimately. Uh, Northwestern jumped into the polls. They're up to 21st in the AP poll, 22nd in the coaches poll. So uh, that's who IU lost to. That's probably why they... IU didn't fall that much. Purdue continues to tumble down. They are now fifth. 
uh, on both polls. So that's going to be a top 20 matchup this weekend, IU versus Purdue. But Purdue is uh, kind of com- coming tumbling down since going into Assembly Hall uh, undefeated. They've struggled, and we'll talk about that game eventually, but Purdue no no longer feels like this mountain that's Im- that's impossible to summit, especially for IU, who has already done it. But it continued to be a lot of movement in the top 25 this year. It's, it's insane. <laughs> um, there's still only three Big Ten teams ranked, and uh, I guess rightfully so, it's the three teams that are one, two, and three in the poll. Uh, nobody else is particularly close. Maryland is Maryland received votes uh, and Illinois received votes and neither are anywhere close to getting enough votes to be in the poll. That's for the AP. It applies the same for the coaches poll. Maryland and Iowa and Rutgers all got votes, but nowhere near enough to be anywhere near consideration. So, it really feels like it's kind of a, I don't want to say a three-horse race because these three aren't even guaranteed to finish one, two, three, but I think those uh, those three, Purdue, IU, and Northwestern, are clearly the three best teams in the conference right now. How much that matters, we don't know, but the, the conference as a whole doesn't really, there's always this narrative about um, not having a national champion the odds aren't great. I'll say that that's going to change this year, especially if Purdue is a top seed. That team is not built to win a national title. The women's side is very interesting. The AP poll came out on Monday. South Carolina is still number one, but no longer unanimous. They are, they have 27 of the 28 first place votes. One of them went to IU. It was actually a someone I'm uh, acquaintances with, Mitchell Northam, who explained his rationale on Twitter. I don't like going after voters. Um, when I've pointed out that voters have done weird things, I typically don't name them uh, because, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, even if it's a wrong opinion. <laughs> but Mitchell uh, gave his rationale about why he – put the Hoosiers above South Carolina. And it came down to the fact that Indiana is playing in a tougher conference and is um, winning repeatedly. And so he, uh, I, I respect it, honestly. Like it, it takes a lot for these voters to make these decisions because he's just been bombarded on Twitter all day. But his tweet was, Nothing against South Carolina, but the Big Ten is stronger than the SEC this season. So Indiana has played a tougher conference schedule. The Gamecocks needed OT to get by Ole Miss. Hoosiers beat ranked teams in Ohio State and Michigan this past week. I wanted to reward them simple as that. I respect it. I don't know how much I believe it. Um, I, I, I think South Carolina is still the best team. If we're going off resume, I use resume as simply better but that's not how this kind of works. Uh, I think South Carolina is still the more talented team. Look, bizarrely, at the same time as somebody gave IU a first-place vote, somebody also dropped Indiana down to third because 
the only game Stanford played or the most recent game Stanford played was a three-point win over or 25th ranked USC. Again, I did I didn't na- I didn't even look up who the voter was, but come on. IU is clearly the second best team and much closer to one than they are three right now. Use some common sense at this, but the Hoosiers are second. The gap's closing. I think they're there's no shot that they get to number one, but beat Iowa this weekend and you might get some more first place votes because if you have two wins over Iowa, one loss on the season, all those ranked wins, it's hard to argue against that resume. So the other thing of note for tonight, Iowa women play Maryland. The Hoosiers could end the night as the Big Ten champions outright. Uh, the Hawkeyes travel to Maryland, and they have to win to keep a chance at winning a share of the title on Saturday. Maryland has been flying high since they struggled early in the season. So this isn't an easy game by any any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be a one worth watching. It's at 8 p.m. on Big Ten Network. So while you're waiting on the IU game, flip that on. You can catch the first half, maybe the start of the second half, depending on how much things get delayed for the men's game. But when we do a live podcast tonight, the IU women's team might be outright Big Ten champions, which would be quite something. We'll talk about that result as well tonight on the live show. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out the brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Uh, Subscribe wherever you listen to us at. All of that great stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, as always, hope everybody has a great Tuesday and LEO.